0: The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the third chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. Jesus went home and the crowd came together again so that Jesus and the disciples could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, He has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebub. And by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. And he called them to him and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And a house, if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. But his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then, indeed, the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and brothers came, And standing outside, they sent to him and called him. The crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. This is for all the in-between people, the ones who don't quite fit in. This is for those who feel caught between families, torn between issues, trapped between sides. If you are in any way an in-between person, This gospel is for you. Doug's uncle Ed was a World War II veteran who survived two plane crashes. When I took my first pastoral call in Calamus in 2001, I met Ed because he lived across the street from me and also was a parishioner of mine. Once after church, he mentioned how badly his back ached. I asked him if he had had an accident or if he had run into something. He said, yes, England, twice, once her countryside and once her sea. The first time, Ed was badly wounded by his own waist gunner who forgot to disengage his gun before turning it aft on him. He was then thrown out of the plane by his crewmates Landed in a field, the captain and co-pilot ditched in the North Sea and died before the rescue boat could pick them up. The second time, Ed's plane was hit over the English Channel. Of the four on board, two bailed out early against orders and were never found. Ed and a crewmate crashed in the English Channel and floated for four days before getting picked up by a German U-boat, making them prisoners of war. Having served as a tail gunner in the army at the, age, at the age of 17, Ed saw things few people ever see. He spent the last two years of the war as a prisoner in Stalag 17, Camp B. He described starvation and death marches, Measuring six foot two, Ed weighed 200 pounds going into the service and 125 pounds upon release. He described fellow prisoners who waited months to receive any correspondence from their families. He said that many soldiers, after having finally received a letter from home, were actually chastised for their cowardice in being captured by the enemy, and were told not to return home. So these men, who had risked their young lives for their country, found themselves disowned by their very own blood and had to rebuild entirely new lives for themselves upon returning home. A week after Memorial Day, and on this 77th anniversary of D-Day, we give thanks to men and women who sacrificed their lives for this country and do the unimaginable things we ask them to do on our behalf. In this particular case, as Uncle Ed described, these young men returned home to discover that they didn't fit in anywhere anymore. They were neither children nor adults. They were neither hopeful nor hopeless. They both dreamed dreams and battled nightmares. They craved life, but were haunted by death. Most survived, some flourished, all found themselves in between this and that. Ones who, because of their war experience, never really fit in with anyone other than themselves. They were in between people. Our gospel from Mark today is an in-between gospel, one that finds itself sandwiched between Mother's Day a few weeks ago and Father's Day a few weeks away. This gospel is most appropriate. After all, when it comes to family, most of us are in-between people in some way, shape, or form. Most know how it feels to be torn, tugged, divided. Even when it comes to Mother's Day or Father's Day, not all embrace these holidays with complete joy, myself included. While I celebrate the fact that I think I'm a good mother to my three sons whom I adore, which makes my heart happy, I have no relationship with my own mother, which makes my heart sad. While part of me embraces Mother's Day Another part feels amputated. Many of us wander the greeting card aisle on these days, searching for an appropriate, moderately sentimental card, but usually we give up and head either to the chocolate or the wine aisle. Due to death, estrangement, or distance, These holidays in particular, and ordinary days in general, are difficult for those of us who feel in-between, not quite fitting in, like Jesus in this gospel. Already by this point in Mark, and we're only in the third chapter, Jesus is decidedly an in-between guy. In gathering his disciples, Jesus is caught between these early followers and their families who rely on them for their income. He is caught between the religious authorities and the people when he heals a sick man on the Sabbath, breaking Jewish law. Again, he is caught between religious authorities and the public by healing a man with leprosy, who then spills the beans about Jesus' identity so that he is forced into hiding. And again, after healing a paralyzed man, the teachers of the law attack Jesus and accuse him of blasphemy. And again, he is caught between authoritative powers and the kingdom of God by calling a tax collector to follow him, by eating with sinners, by questioning and challenging religious law regarding fasting, healing, piety, and the role of the Sabbath. As a result, Jesus fits in with nobody and flees to a lake to catch his breath and collect his thoughts, but the crowd follows him, and so he runs up a mountain, and again the people follow him. So he finally enters a house, seeking only a moment of solitude, and just when he thinks he might finally have a second's rest, he turns and he sees his family who waste no time in telling him that they think he is batshit crazy. It's all too much, they say. It's too much. The acts of healing, the defiance of civil authority, the exorcisms, the controversial teachings, the challenge to religious authority, and the family fears that it will reflect poorly on them. And then the teachers of the law show up and confirm his family's fears. Yes, we agree. We all think that you are certifiably out of your mind. Today's gospel begins and ends with Jesus' own family calling him a madman, rendering Jesus without a family. And ironically, the religious teacher's certification of Jesus' insanity renders Jesus without a church Already by this third chapter in Mark, Jesus most certainly is not fitting in. A man with neither family nor church, whose own hometown rejects him. Three short chapters later, when he shows up and hears the people whisper, Who does this guy think he is? We knew him when he was a kid. We know his parents and his family prophet? Son of God? I don't think so. And even there, Jesus finds his power is limited because he's so affected by their offense and their intimidation. Jesus describes feeling this way. He says, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Family-less, church-less. Hometown-less, Jesus is the ultimate in-between guy, literally caught between heaven and earth. If you saw in the news this week an article about um, a senior named Paxton Smith, valedictorian at Lake Highlands High School in Dallas, Texas, she flipped the script in giving her graduation speech this past week instead of using the speech approved of by school officials She used her platform to criticize a very controversial abortion law signed by Texas Governor Greg Abbott last month. She said, I refuse to give up my platform when there is a war on my body and on my rights. A war on the rights of your mothers A war on the rights of your sisters and a war on the rights of your daughters. We cannot stay silent, she said. Wherever you stand on Roe versus Wade, do not think for a minute that this young woman's words did not cast her immediately into in-between status. She took a stand and spoke her mind. And such ones always find themselves without a home unable to fit in. Because courage makes people uncomfortable on both sides. I wrote this sermon on Friday two days before it was to be preached, and one day before I was to attend a wedding in DeWitt with my husband Doug, so that was yesterday. Doug's nephew got engaged two years ago and asked me to do the wedding. It was to be last year, but was postponed due to COVID, of course. The wedding took place at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in DeWitt, which has a semi-relaxed policy regarding interdenominational weddings. I've done weddings there before. The priest and I agreed that the couple would undergo premarital counseling there, and I was to preach and officiate over their vows. A month ago, though, the bride texted me, and she said, Father has changed his mind, and you are prohibited to lead and officiate. He said he learned about you. And despite the interdenominational agreement, your pastoral services are neither welcome nor accepted. Referring to a same-gender wedding, that I officiated way back in 2013, long before he came to DeWitt. So Doug and I went as guests and it was okay. I do know, however, that this is yet another reminder to me that when we visit the hometown of my husband and his entire family and my own children, I do not feel like I can lay my head there. Very often, Drawing a line or taking a stand or using a platform to speak bold words relegates one to being an in-betweener who does not fit in. But there is grace here, abundant grace. This gospel is for all people who don't fit in. Those caught between genders, identities, jobs, relationships, political issues, family dynamics... It is for you who find yourselves on the outside not fitting in because you decided to cast out an evil spirit, because you decided to stand up and fight, because you decided to open your mouth and speak truth to power. Wherever you find yourself most decidedly not fitting in, wherever you feel caught, in between, or trapped, Know that you will discover that Jesus is already there. Amen.